I think we know that we're in for a good show once Kevin turns the mics on at the right time. That's 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 <laughs> always a that's good omen. Yeah, that's that's the best way that we could possibly start after we've re uh, re-entered the studio because we're back and better than ever on a Wednesday morning. It's three guys, one mic. Yeah, we are. How are we doing, Kev? Great, great. That that felt good. Got, got it right. <laughs> Kev had like uh, it was funny because I don't know how loud the music is for you guys in your ears, but <laughs> I had like. The mic was significantly louder than the music, <laughs> so I could tell when they turned them on. Exactly, exactly. So Ke Kevin was scrambling to do something in there, so I just heard like, <laughs> <laughs> and then like he sat back down, and I was like, ah, oh, okay, we're we're on. There boys. it is. There it is. We're on. Uh, I'm still catching my breath over here. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> the masks don't make it easier. No, they don't. And we took the elevator today, but there's been times where we've like had to climb the stairs right before. And then sitting right down, good morning, how we do? Right, exactly. Dude, just brutal. But it's Wednesday. We're chugging along. It's March. We are marching. This is March. How are we doing? How are we doing today? This is March. This is... I'm exhausted I'm today. I'm so March. I'm exhausted today. It's been an exhausting 24 hours. I, uh, last night, so I went to a buddy of our, or of my, uh, mine's house, and it was puzzle night. 500-piece puzzle from Love the dollar puzzles. store. We were like, oh, we can bang this out. Heck yeah. We worked on that puzzle from like 8.30 p.m. to 1.32 a.m. Jeez. And we had 499 out of 500 pieces. <laughs> <laughs> the 500th is missing. Shout Love out the to dollar the dollar store. Shout out to the puzzle crew, though. We never gave up. We did take like a trip to Whataburger at like midnight, ordered about $60 worth of food. What in the world? And um, How many of you were there? Uh, there was Just probably, two. <laughs> uh, yeah, I ordered about $40 worth. He was about 20. No, um, no. So here's the, here's a funny story about that. We go and there were like six of us ordering and we were like, can we do two separate orders in the drive-thru? And first of all, I already get insane anxiety in drive-thrus. <laughs> I hate ordering more than like three things, right? Yeah. I get that from my dad who like refuses to order more than three things. I can do it. I just hate it. Yeah. And so we order like 10 things in the first order. And that takes like five minutes and like the line sort of building behind oh us. There was my. nobody behind us when we pulled up. And uh, then we have to go to the next order, which is my <laughs> order. I order what I get. I order quick because I know what I want. Then the next Classic. person and then the next person goes on to my order because they won't accept oh. Apple Pay at the drive-thru. So they, they, they just kind of hop onto my order bandwagon. And I'm like, fine, just Venmo me, whatever. Yeah. Right? And then so they're like, annoying. okay, now let's do the third. We'll do the third order. And then they go, oh, sorry, we can only do two orders in the drive-thru. And he's like, okay, so I'll just hop on that second order. I'm like, you oh, will? You became the bank for the car. <laughs> right, exactly. So we pull up. They're like, okay, that first order is going to be $20, right, for the for the first person that ordered. And that second order is going to be $42. Sheesh. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> that, that's, I hate being the bank. And so that sucks. I, I spent $42 at Whataburger past midnight, sat there, waited about 30 minutes for our oh, food. We pull Jesus. out. The line is wrapped around the block. Look what you did. Look at what we did. And What'd so you get? at Whataburger, it's, it's, a never been. it's a default for me to get their patty melt. Nice. Their patty melt is incredible. It's uh, really good. But last time I went, not last night, but the time before that, I got a, because uh, we live right down the street from one. We live like mm -hmm. right next to one. Um, last time before that, I got a mushroom Swiss burger. I like burgers like that. And it was so good. So good. That sounds good. Right. Yeah. Anyways, that's that's my life. 
So I think I feel like we have a couple updates from the show last week. Uh, number one from Joey and I, we ended up my I ended up hitting up IHOP twice. Oh, one did the, you? <laughs> one of them with Joey, we walked at like three thirty in the morning. Uh huh. It was awesome. Full disclosure: the IHOP is about one point six miles from our apartment. <laughs> it's so far from you. Yeah, we're so close to one. That's no, why it's so funny. We did walk. <laughs> Oh man! There was a guy who uh, who claimed that he was hit by a, oh, an atom bomb. Oh my Yeah. So an IHOP. this is exactly Phoenix. the caliber <laughs> of person that you'd expect to be in an IHOP at three in the morning. But mm-hmm. we're sitting there. Good friend of the show who's listening to this, Adam Noel, that's on at the SDFC right now. And uh, so we're sitting there, and Kevin's sitting across the booth. I'm sitting next to Adam, and I see this guy, and he's standing in the middle. Just standing, like one dude's asleep in the booth. Like this, just pl- this place is a wreck. <laughs> right, that's how all I. The vibe is so night. much worse than Burger King. We were, right. s- yeah, and I mean Burger King is. The vibes there are, are horrible. <laughs> just not immaculate. And we were just we we're hungry, so we go uh-huh. and we're, you know excited to go, but yeah. then we get there and just dude, horrible vibe. It's sad. We're waiting for our food. Uh, the weirdest waiter in the world. He he didn't write a thing down. And I'm like, okay. And then he comes back and he's like, you got this, right? Just completely messed up my order. Yeah. So classic, doesn't write anything down. But this Well, guy, that's just IHOP Oh, I didn't even you. notice that. That's yeah, just IHOP for d- you. So you notice that he didn't write anything down. Right? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, this guy's kind of cool. And then he comes back like 15 minutes later. He hadn't put the food in. And he goes, just to make sure, uh, you got this, right? I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. Just not Not even close. Not completely even wrong. close. So this guy's standing there. And I hear him on the phone with someone, and it sounds kind of serious. And he goes, no, 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 I'm not lying. And I'm like, geez. Oh, man. But then I listen. He goes, I was probably within four feet of the explosion. And I am just – and then you hear him go, I'm not lying. I, I'm totally exposed to radiation, and I'm not – Lying. This is the employee. No, 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 no. This is oh, just this a guy. Oh, this is just a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not lying. I'm not, and we're just. I go. Use all your self control. Yeah. To just not look to your right right now. Right. And he's standing there, and he's like, "I'm not lying." Yeah. And so, sure enough, as we're leaving, sirens pull up. Like, uh, not sirens. The lights, like the fire department right. came. And as we leave, this guy's sitting on the curb, and he had told people that. His skin was falling off in chunks, and I see the fireman talking to him. He's like, so look, man, like, <laughs> you just can't be calling if nothing's wrong. <laughs> He's getting a stern talking Wait, do you to think him. he was on the phone with 911? Yeah, saying, he was. He oh, called the fire department. <laughs> saying that he got hit by an atom bomb? Yes, <laughs> that he was within this four is, feet of the explosion. This is days after I make it through the first half of the first episode of Chernobyl. <laughs> and... And I, at that point, I'm thinking, like, does IHOP have iodine pills? Like, yeah. do, I need, do I need to get underground? The guy right. said, I'm not lying. And he wasn't I'm lying. Not I believed lying. him. I believed well, him. So funny thing about IHOP is we always go, <clears throat> so you guys have to try to get out there for hoppy hour. I don't yeah, know if you made yeah, hoppy hour. No, this waiter, week. the Joey wasn't there, but he gave us the hoppy hour prices at, like, 1 in the morning. He was really? cool. Same waiter who didn't write down the order. So he's cool. He says he he's makes the right. best milkshakes in the <laughs> store. That, you, you know what? Sucked, you know what's right? so funny? Both the waitresses we get at ours, they they both claim, oh, we have, we make the best milkshake, or I make the best milkshake. This is in the IHOP script. You have, if someone gets Dude. a milkshake, you guys say they make the best right. milkshake. I don't know how much I like this guy. I asked for no cheese. He's like, we're picky, aren't we? And I'm like, what's <laughs> going on, man? No, so it's... 
it's funny because IHOP, we always are super cool with our waitresses. Because we pull up with like 10 people mm-hmm. at 9.30 mm-hmm. p.m. We don't want to be those guys, right? So we're super cool with our waitresses. One of them, I ended up getting her Snapchat, immediately <laughs> lets me know that she has a boyfriend. So... <laughs> L, but, but that's uh, that's just the life I live. Um, no, so we're <laughs> always to call in. super cool with her. Um, but no, our waitresses are so cool, but they always like so swamp. They they always like come out with like fifty things and like, is this what you got? That's just IHOP. Yeah. It's just the culture. Yeah, and there's always some homeless dude sitting in the Tempe one, and and it's always a different one in the same booth. And then eventually they come over and they're like. Hey, you need to leave. And I'm like, I was just about to get him some mozzarella sticks. Why'd you kick Mod him out? Sticks. <laughs> right, like the three dollar hoppy hour mozzarella nice. sticks. Good stuff. Yeah. Yep. And then Pat, you are a, a champion. Are you a champion? Wait, I am wait, a champion. We go to Pat Fortuna live in studio with our ASU softball update. Oh, intramural, intramural softball. Full disclosure. Yeah, let me give an intramural softball update real quick. So we participated in a playoff game last Thursday, and we won. And um and we almost got suspended right after what? it because the other team started chirping at us <laughs> and and so we're not and we walked them off. Second guy always gets caught. So we walked them off. They walked seven batters straight and we we don't have great offense and and it's hard to pitch a strike. So who we got? Who yeah, we who got? do we have? We got James from right, Phoenix man. coming. Oh, right. James, James from Phoenix, welcome to the show. I'm an honor to be on. I've been uh, I've been a big fan ever since the beginning. Oh, Much wow. appreciated. Well, it's it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, how's your morning going? Thank you. It's pretty good. I uh, had class bright and early. I just got done on the edit base, so now I'm heading back to my place before I go to work. Your your hour of work for the day? Uh, two hours today. So <laughs> whoa, double, whoa! Double, don't don't double break the use. bank. Well, well, James. I know, I know. James, you'll appreciate this story. You're a big intramural guy, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, right. So we almost get suspended, and you guys have all been intramural officials at one point or another. <laughs> so I play catcher. I'm super cool with the guy behind home plate, right, mm-hmm. because I'm always just chatting with him because catcher just kind of stands there and throws the ball back, unless there's a play at home in which I make an error. Uh, so <laughs> we finish the game. We walk him off. They walk seven straight batters. And, like, it is kind of like – a jerk move to not swing the bat in intramural slow pitch softball. But if they're not throwing strikes, we're going to walk our guys until we win. We were down three runs going into the last inning. Inning ends. They start chirping us. They're like, you're a B word. You're a P word. You guys stink. Right? And so then... I know where you live. Bench is is clear. So our team goes at them and we're like, we're like, what'd you just say? Like, like we were just celebrating a walk-off win. And then we kind of, like, hold back our players who are getting, Uh like, angry and aggressive. And then they threaten. And then these guys keep coming at us when we're like, just walk away. Just walk away. They keep coming at us. Then a biased intramural ref comes out. Not ref. She she was more of, like, a manager in Tempe. She comes out and she's like, hey, Sicilian sluggers. That's our team. They're like, she's like, just walk away. She's like, Sicilian sluggers. She's like, like, (laughs) that is our name. She's like, stop instigating them. She was like, just walk. She's like, you're instigating them. You're trying to make them mad. We're like, we were just celebrating. And then five of our players get emails the next day saying, you are likely to be suspended from playing in the championship game because you were reported by an intramurals official. Ooh. Poor John. But then John. Ma- John's but, so stressed. But oh, then no, John. John. 
So John Merriman, we email him and we're like, listen, this is what happened. And John Merriman might be the coolest yeah. guy on yeah. the planet. Did he come oh, in yeah. clutch? Yeah. John Merriman goes, listen, I understand. He's like, I did find out that she was good friends with the other team. Oh! And he's like, oh! and he's like, so, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna let you play, but you are on thin ice. He's like, any misconduct might result in a suspension, like through fall semester. But I understand. <laughs> James, how do you handle this yeah, situation? James, James, that's what I want to know. James. Well, I my buddy would get a good kick out of this story because he's in Tempe and he swears that every official is uh, against him. And there's a, there's like official teams, like a intramural rest that make teams, and he'll play against them and he'll be like, "Dude, they get every single call." And I'm like, "Well, uh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I will give my buddy some calls if I'm wrapping their game." Yeah. Um, but but uh, <laughs> he's open about it. He's not a ref anymore. <laughs> I'm not a ref. I'm not a ref. I can't get fined for this. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Uh, haven't had to deal with any real fights or anything like that. Um, I don't know if it was your intramural basketball team. I was refing one day with <laughs> that technical to the kid on the bench because he kept yelling. Probably. Yeah. It was probably me was that you teed up. If we're being 100 percent honest. No. Most likely, yeah. Um, no, <laughs> but, uh, I remember I approached you before a game once, and I was like, "So, like, what's it take to like?" get a T <laughs> and you were like just I don't. remember you would come to the uh, you would come to the football games and you'd have your headset on like you were coaching the game right exactly <laughs> <laughs> I was like listen I'm not getting paid enough for this <laughs> then I started playing running back at some point feast for mode. our team feast mode in case you recall I had my 70 yard touchdown there were some bad calls made, made was by the my field 70 yard yeah I guess it, it was, was 80 right oh yeah yeah made by my good friend Braden, who's no longer here, oh, rest in peace. Braden. He made some calls that I just cannot agree with. He knows his stuff. He made yeah. some egregious calls. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I, I miss you guys as intramural refs. The Tempe guys are brutal. I miss working with James. I, I miss you guys too. Let me ask if any of you ever won an intramural championship. We we played no. in the finals. We played in the finals. Our softball team, and we got smacked. I watched a kid hit a softball 500 feet dead center. <laughs> I mean, this, and then the and then the ump behind home plate. I go. Did you check their bat, like, see if it's corked? And so, and then, and then he goes, no, this kid just played Juco, and he's what? playing slow-pitch softball. Oh, okay, like, so, great. Love that. So, right. So, James, let me turn this around. Have you ever won an intramural championship? I was actually, a couple years ago, I was on in a championship game as well for softball. Um, we were in Tempe, and I was on my buddy's team, and he, uh, they all, like, played baseball and stuff. So I was on the bench, no big deal. Sorry, I'm walking by some... I'm walking by some construction, so oh, oh, wakes so me sorry. up every goddamn morning, James. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. So obnoxiously loud. <laughs> um, anyway, so I was on the bench. We were up like six runs or something like that, something egregious, and we're like, "Heck yes, we're gonna finally win!" And, I uh, might get some minutes. And, it, and so they, the other team, they come back and they and we lose the game. And so we're, <laughs> we're like, "Oh no." We're not going to get one of the shirts. And one of the shirts, the shirts is what I've wanted my whole college career. The shirts are sick. I just want one of those shirts. And it was the Infinity Gauntlet shirts. That oh, we um, I, I heard so, about those. And so we're sitting there, and me and my buddy Carson Field, you guys know Carson? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sitting there in the, in the dugout. The Wyoming Register. <laughs> yes, of course. Legend <laughs> in Wyoming. And we're sitting there, and the game's starting to turn around, and we're going to lose the game. And we're like, do we just walk by and swipe a shirt while no one's looking? Because there was just a big box behind home plate. Whoa. We were like, dude, like we could get in and sure no one's even going to notice. Uh, end of the story, we did not do it. We did not steal one. Good morning. Uh, we ended up 
we ended up never getting a shirt. So that was disappointing. Well, so we played right after the Open League Championship. And we watched those kids play, and we're like, we're playing an Open League next time. Are you kidding? Why are we in B League? Because the Open League Championship shirts, I assume they were the same shirts, were sick. What it was a trophy, but the trophy was made up of a bunch of different languages saying the word champion. <laughs> that's lit. I was like, that's <laughs> sick. I want that. All right, <clears throat> James, preposition for you. Or proposition, yep. rather. It's your last semester at school, right? Do you want a shirt? I kind of, I do want a shirt. I hear, I, I've heard that Daniel are coming back. Is that true? Why don't we run four team or four man volleyball team? Uh, save the energy for softball. Honestly, we're gonna. Is run it? So- are we? Do we? Do we have softball? Are you guys gonna plan. play in Tempe? The, no, the plan is having downtown softball. Oh. I did play uh, two years of uh, varsity volleyball in high school. Oh, oh did you? Uh, oh, come on. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah, I did. Uh, Let's steal some shirts from the downtown volleyball uh, tournament. I doubt that they're even going to get shirts. I think they're listening right now. So uh, if you guys could shoot us a text whether or not there will be shirts <laughs> for the volleyball league this spring. I totally forgot they are listening. Dude. Adam, if you can please <laughs> go into our boss's office right now. John Merriman? No, no, no. Our boss, Ronnie. Uh, Oh, we're getting another call. James, if we accidentally drop you here, it's been a pleasure. No, I think we can have two at once. I actually got to run. I got to go. I got to get to work. I'll run. I'll catch you guys later. It's been fun, It's been an absolute pleasure, James. Thank you. I'll call in another time. You guys have a good one. Please do. You have a better one. All right, Adam. Bye-bye. Adam, if you're listening, ask our boss right now if we're going to get shirts. All right. Whoever it is is on the air. Oh, Kevin looks excited about this caller. Did they hang up? We in? Who we got? We got Nicholas. All right. Nicholas. Good morning, Nick. Good morning, guys. Happy March. Happy March. Happy March. It's March. So, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever, we are bringing on our resident college basketball expert, host of the famed College Basketball Bonanza here at ASU, Nick Hodel. Good morning, Nick. Good morning, guys. Favorite time of the year this is. So, Nick, I got a question. I brought uh, I brought this up on last week's episode. I got mm-hmm. pretty shunned for it. So, we're we're a Cinderella squad here. We 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 root for the underdog, right. the working man. So, who's the mid-major team that three guys one Mike gets to endorse going mm-hmm. forward in March? Well, it, it seems like a lot of the major teams I've been following have had some really interesting title races, really, uh, throughout the course of the year. Uh, but I think that one that you could really keep an eye on, assuming they win the OBC Copper Tournament, is Belmont. Oh, Belmont! Yeah, I love the way that team has really performed. There's lots of there a couple of games that were their major stars, but when he gets going, I think that Belmont should cruise through that Copper Tournament and really... I think that they will probably end up being a 13 seed. Okay. I think okay. a four seed probably does. A four seed will probably not want to play them because that is going to be a very tough four thirteen matchup. Should Belmont like, get to the NCAA tournament first off? Heck yeah, uh, Nick. I have a question for you. In an ideal world, in a perfect world where everything goes according to to what you like to see in your head, how far does Belmont make it in this tournament? Well, I think that Belmont, of course, getting getting the right matchup could be crucial for really any mid-major, including Belmont, in right. that conversation as well. I think that, you know, if they get the right four seed, you know, they might be able to take a game and then really see where things fall from there, since that is definitely uh, 
an interesting spot for 13. You know, you could take out a four and then, you know, hope a 5-12 goes your way as well. I mean, that's an area of the bracket to where you may not want to necessarily pick a major all the way to the Sweet 16, but I think Belmont definitely see they can give a four seed a good shout and a five seed a good shout as well. All right. We, we are huge Bruins fans. You guys are so Belmont. Did you just Google the Belmont mascot? <laughs> Let's go Bruins. <laughs> the boys from Nashville, baby. Three Let's guys go. Three guys are all in on the Bruins, and they play tonight at 6. Oh, my God. And they're, they're playing Southern Illinois Edwardsville, which isn't even the best Southern Illinois out there. I would take uh, Cartmendale <laughs> any day of the week. So Hammer the Bruins, I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right, I have more imp- important questions for Nick. In terms of bracketology, who do you – Currently, where things stand right now, give me your final four and then your ultimate mm-hmm. champion. Oh, my. It's, that's a, that's a loaded that question. <laughs> I really think that after last night and after Illinois basically smacked Michigan out of their own court, I think that the top four, the, the four one seeds, should say, are pretty much locked in at this point. That being Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, and Illinois. I, I have been high on Gonzaga all along to win the national championship, but of course with Gonzaga, I mean, they've been playing up on West Coast Conference competition for the last several months. So they get back into the non-conference competition. That Let's be real about this. They've played some really good non-conference competition before the conference season began. So basically all the Twitter trolls that say, oh, Gonzaga doesn't play anyone. You can take that take and throw it in the trash can because that is absolutely not true whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I love that team. Absolutely love where they're heading. And the same thing goes for both Michigan and Illinois. Even though Michigan got slapped by Illinois, those are two very talented teams yeah. that will give Gonzaga a run for its money. I think the big thing, though, for Gonzaga is that there's a huge monkey on their back, and that is an undefeated season. Will the pressure cave in? I think that's the big question. If it does, I would expect either Michigan or Illinois to eventually take the title. Wow. Nick, do we see an SEC, maybe Alabama, making a run? I love that Alabama team. The only thing about that Bama team is that when they don't shoot the three very well, they are very prone to an upset. They will have a very good seed, and they should be a second weekend team. Anything beyond that really is going to depend on whether they can shoot the three well. Mm-hmm. Nick, I'm always a big fan of March Madness. Uh, the thing is I don't really follow college basketball super closely until the month of February <laughs> or March rolls around, right? So, um, one of my favorite teams going into March Madness every year that I love to roll with is the St. Louis Billikens. Um, for one reason is, uh, I love their mascot. Looks kind of like friend of the show, Ryan Blank. Um, so that's how I would describe their Billikens mascot. And I always want to root for them. Uh, do you see the Billikens potentially making a run in this March Madness? Well, number one, they have to win the A-10 tournament. They have done too much damage to their resume in the Atlantic 10 Conference. But now it's the same thing for pretty much everyone in the 8th. And really, that conference has been cannibalizing itself throughout the last, really, month and a half, really. Uh-huh. But I really think that St. Louis is the team that is going to have to win the 8 10 tournament. And by the way, the last several 8 10 tournaments, that has been a bid stealing tournament. I would not be shocked if that happened again. The only big thing is that what happens to St. Bonaventure and BCU? Those are the two teams that are pretty much pegged as tournament team to the A-10. If one of those two teams that picked a bad loss, that's going to be an interesting conversation when it comes to the selection the selection zone taking teams in the bracket. In the past few years, power conferences have usually gotten the benefit of the doubt over the mid-majors. So I, I got a quick question because we've kind of seen maybe a, a power shift uh, across the Power Five 
you know, the ACC has been really dominant for the past few years, but that's really not the case this year. Who would you say among the Power Five is the strongest conference? Because we've seen the Big Ten and the Big 12 both put out very impressive showings this year. I mean, really, I mean, the Big 12 is never ending gauntlet, and the Big Ten is never ending gauntlet in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And I really think that both of these conferences are just so, so strong. I would give the advantage to the Big Ten, quite frankly. I still think that but there was a time to where this conference could have easily gotten 10 or 11 bids, but if, like the likes of Indiana and Minnesota have really plummeted way below that standard. The Big Ten, if you take an off night in the Big Ten, you're going to get dominated, and really, it, it rings true every single time. I mean, just look at Rutgers, what happened against Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was shocking, mm-hmm. and I think that that sort of deal doesn't necessarily happen in the Big 12, because when you have bad teams like Kansas State, they can still beat you to go to Oklahoma, which, which they did. Mm-hmm. But I still think that in the Big Ten, if you're not on your A game every night, you're going to get beat. And, and let's bring it home real quick for a bit. What do you... You know, heavy expectations, high expectations for the Sun Devils going into this season. Hasn't quite panned out the way most people thought it would. Where do you assess our chances going in to the Pac-12 tournament? I think that they are capable of taking a game, but outside of that, I just think that the competition in the Pac-12 is a little bit too stiff. And you know, the thing about ASU is that if every team in the Pac-12 plays some defense against ASU, they're going to lose every game in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to play against some defense. When you're seeing like Twister, that, it's just got me wondering... Why in the world does every Pac-12 team not do that when they play ASU? Because literally the key to a win against the Sun Devils. Play mm-hmm. zone defense. They get confused. So they can't coach against it. You win. Simple. Now, do you see do you see ASU taking a big leap forward next year? It's going to depend on, on who stays. Um, you know, whether the likes of Christopher or Bagley stays around for another season. And, and, of course, the way Bobby Hurley has been for this season, you may see some coaching rumors around him as well. So I would definitely imagine that ASU is going to have to get the right guys to do that, but they are going to be losing a ton of talent if, of course, Remy being gone and then if Christopher and Bagley both go to the draft. Yeah, all right, Nick, I have one more question for you, and uh, then we'll bring it home. So out of curiosity, um, how do you feel about the comments made by Creighton coach? Um, I can't even think of his name. Uh, the Creighton coach made those, those harrowing comments um and also the 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 real question I want to ask you here is does this unite Creighton to to move forward without their coach and make a run in this tournament or does it dismantle them and you see them fall apart early round of sixty four round of thirty two? Well, first off, like I don't understand with everything that's going on right now why you would use the word plantation like that just does not make any sense to me uh, whatsoever. Um, the second part of that, I mean it's. It's early, really. I think you would have to see a little more proof of that. I still think Crane's one of the better teams in the Big East, but, I mean, if this sort of thing does cancel them, Crane's right about in the uh, seed line to the bracket to where they could get upset. Wow. wow. Well, Nick, this better not be the last time that we hear from you because this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy March, my friend. Happy March, guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. I'll talk to you soon. Oh, wait. Let's plug Nick real quick. Oh, uh, yeah. Listen to his podcast with the Dominic Stern, the college basketball bonanza, if you want a more in-depth look at the conversations we just had. The most in-depth look that you could possibly mm-hmm. find. Thank you very much, Nick. 
Whoops. <laughs> we, we accidentally hung up on Nick half a second too early. He was saying goodbye, though. We're, we're very glad. Thank you very much for coming on, Nick. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to step away for a quick sec, but keep it here with us as three guys. Promo playing. Talking while I figure out some technical difficulties here. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I was like, is a is a promo playing right now? <laughs> we we thought we broke. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. There's. I'm having computer issues. Just keep That's talking. fine. Um. So yeah. Okay. I guess y'all rocking with Belmont. I'm rocking oh, with Belmont. Dude, I already already fired off a tweet. We're huge Belmont guys. Now. Huge Belmont guys. Thanks to the Nicholas Hodel at Hodel Sports on Twitter. Give him a follow. He has the best college basketball analysis. He, sure he really does. does. Um. Wow. Yeah. No, that's that's the most sporty we've talked on this show in a, a few weeks, and it was good to hear. All right, All right. there we go. We'll g- bring us into a break, Joe. All right. Well, now you can keep it with us. It's three guys. For all the latest news in baseball, the three hosts, Dominic Stern, Cole Bradley, and Brian Blank were all pitchers in high school, so you know we love a good strikeout. We talk about all those, so you already know that this is Adam Dunn and Joey Gallo's least favorite baseball show. Catch us every Saturday night before you get some sleep. Every Saturday from 11 to midnight on blazeradioonline.com. This is Dominic from Chainsaw Rainbow, and you're listening to Blaze Radio. There's only one requirement for a song to be played on Witching Hour, and that is... Women. But not like... Or... She's always a woman. Or even... But more like... And... And of course... Join me, Ali Kruzniak, on Tuesdays from 2 to 3 p.m. for Witching Hour, a music specialty show for women in music, only on Blaze Radio at blazeradioonline.com. I'll tell you what, now that it's March, the environment in here is definitely not toxic. We went from a very dry week to a slammed week in terms of sports. For those who have been sleeping under a rock, it's been a very busy week in the Valley. J.J. Watt, three-time Defensive Player of the Year, I believe? Yeah. I believe it's three-time. Yeah, yeah. Former Walter Payton Man of the Year, after being released from the Texans, shocked everyone and signed as a free agent with the Arizona Cardinals. Reuniting himself with former teammate DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Last night on national TV, the Suns beat my Lakers and leapfrogged them in the Western Conference standings to number two. Mm-hmm. They are record-wise the second-best team in the West. Yeah. It's a pretty good time to be a Valley sports fan. So that kind of prompted this idea I had that I kind of wanted to talk about for a little bit. As it stands right now, I guess some of the the best sports cities in the country because over the last three years, we've seen a major shift. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Pat, come from Boston. I do. And you are one of those major shifts. I am. Talk about that. What does that feel like? Well, I'm going to say right now, before we get into it, Boston still has an incredibly loyal fan base. Um, as quick as they are to turn on some of the decisions the team makes – 
Um, we're still insanely like loyal to Bill Belichick and the Patriots, and we still believe that we're going to be good, which might seem delusional, but we are kind of a free-falling organization at the moment. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's interesting to kind of see these other cities take that shift because as long as I've been alive, it's been Boston has been one of those sports cities, you know? Mm-hmm. And to not have that luxury anymore and to watch it shift to cities like Phoenix – which you'd never expect, right? Or LA, for example. Mm-hmm. That's a city of champions right there. Tampa Bay, that's a that's a city of champions right yeah, there. Yeah, it is. It's just unreal to see. Um but it's um I don't think that Phoenix is going to enter that conversation. I mean, but they have they have they go four through these teams. phases where their teams get competitive but they never, you know, cross the bridge. I don't think they're going to be a city of champions, but they There's, do have four teams worth noting. You could argue right now that they're an exciting one of the more exciting sports teams as, or sports cities as far as small market cities go. Yeah. You can make that argument. It's going to be a while though because we're going to have to see what happens in the playoffs. Uh, you know, for the Suns, and we got to wait this whole time now for J.J. Watt to finally, like, suit up and play in a Cardinals uniform. But what prompted this thought in my head was seeing J.J. Watt, you know, uh, DeAndre Hopkins gets traded. Deshaun Watson's requesting a trade. Uh, J.J. Watt gets released and goes from Houston to Phoenix. Yep. Made me think. Saw James Harden on TV last night. Let's talk for a second about how Houston, in about two or three years, went from, like, the premier spot to be in terms of sports to – the absolute worst dumpster fire ever. Yeah. I mean, the Rockets aren't bad. No, they they lost 12 straight games. They're 14th in the I West. I mean, roster-wise. I'm, I'm not talking Well, so, yeah, they, On shouldn't paper, be, they shouldn't be horrible. No, but that's the thing, though. They they're are. Imploding. Since James Harden's left, they're, they're a disaster. They're one of the worst teams in the NBA right now. Yes. The Texans, you could argue, are one of the... Right now, most poorly managed franchises in all of football. I'd say are the, they're probably the most poorly managed franchise in all of sports currently. And the Houston Astros, after being world champions, it comes out that they're responsible for this massive cheating scandal. Yeah. Talk about a fall from grace as far as the city goes. Yeah. Not to mention the success that people who were in the city are having outside of it. Mm-hmm. I look at a James Harden. I look at a DeAndre Hopkins. And now J.J. Watt. I mean, we haven't seen anything yet, but... Deshaun's probably going to get out of there. We Chris hope. Paul. Chris Paul comes from Houston to Phoenix. Yeah. I mean, he went to OKC, but then... Yeah, I mean, yeah. In everybody's the hightailing it out of Houston. Uh, and, and that's funny because everybody's kind of hightailing it out of Boston right now, too, mm-hmm. as you see, which is weird to say because that used to be the place to be, like mm-hmm. I just talked about. But, um, you know, it's... I mean, that's just a sign of the times. That's a sign, After 20 years, you know, obviously things are going to change. A fair amount. Um, but I, I would say, quite honestly, the best sports cities in America right now are Tampa Bay, Los Angeles. Um, and then you have you have your, um, you know, Phoenix, I guess. New York's on the come up. New York is on the come the up. The Nets are playing well. Uh, you know, the Knicks. The, the Mets Knicks have are a playing lot well. to look forward to. The That's Yankees right. are still very strong. And then who knows what's going to happen with the Giants and the Jets. Probably not a whole lot. But... There's a lot to feel good about there right now. So, Kev, you're partially res- like have some stake in this, so I kind of want to ask you. Milwaukee, Green Bay, like that whole area, they've kind of been in sports sports purgatory for like the last three or four years. Yeah, as it, a city, it's just for basketball. It's a different story. I mean, they're they're lucky to have had Giannis 
come through the draft and you know retain him too i mean it's not a very appealing place to recruit milwaukee green bay i mean green bay is always going to be competitive i mean they're a couple plays away from making it and winning a super bowl i'm the more i get the more the farther i get removed from that situation the closer i realize they were to actually Mm -hmm. getting a lombardi but yeah if i could say something about jj watt though back when we were talking about real quick i it was just crazy to me to see the J.J. Watt free agency thing, free agency thing unfold on, you know, whatever day it was, Monday or Sunday, mm-hmm. because J.J. Watt, you could tell, like, based on a couple of his cryptic tweets over the last couple of weeks, like, he wanted to, like, he wanted to have so much attention come his way and mm-hmm. have it be this big, mysterious free agency thing like some people try to do. Yeah. And he's vocal in the past about wanting to go to maybe a – team closer to home or with his family members in the midwest and Mm -hmm. take a more team-friendly contract so he could win uh win now and he did the exact opposite Mm -hmm. uh he did not really prolong the process it seemed like he really wanted to uh join a new team quick and the the cardinals who was a team that had a lot of money to spend so they could afford still paying him you know at the level of which he may or may not be playing right now and then combined with Kyler Murray on his rookie contract, and and, that, and that's a team that didn't even make the playoffs this year. Yeah. So it's it's annoying for us. I feel like in sports media that we just had got to track all that, and we're looking at his Peloton account, and it, it's very it looks like it's very clear that he's going to this one team, and and then it doesn't fit the narrative that everyone's saying and catches everyone by surprise. But it's it's good. I, I like it that he's down here. Um, I'm yeah. sure he'll enjoy, he's coming from Houston, so the Weather Diff- isn't too yeah, different. Yeah, it's not too different. He must he must like the warm weather and Less lots hurricanes of money. out here. He saw Cliff Kingsbury's house on draft night. Right. And he decided <laughs> that's what he wanted. Well, so it's funny because you say this. I think that he made the exact thing that he said he wanted to do. He wanted the chance to win a ring before he retired. Granted, he yeah, went to... there's so many different places. And, and Arizona didn't even offer him the most money. Right. That's in, what, yeah. Indianapolis was in the ring. They were offering a lot of money. I feel like he could have competed in Buffalo? Indy much faster than Buffalo? he could have in Arizona. Buffalo is, this, Buffalo is the same. They, they were right up there in the bidding process, too. And Buffalo is a team you can argue is a player away from the Super Bowl. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, I, I don't know. One I, thing It doesn't. It doesn't. They don't line up. One thing that was really interesting to me, because you talked about how he kind of controlled... You know, this narrative, he wanted to break the news himself, which is something that really doesn't happen nowadays. So it's clear that he wanted to be in control of this narrative. We've definitely seen like a power shift from, you know, in terms of demanding trades, demanding releases, free agency signings from the execs and the people who used to make the decisions to now the players. And when you come to a situation like Russell Wilson or James Harden, who are demanding trades and saying, this is where I want to go, find a way to get me there. For J.J. Watt to control the narrative while also keeping it so private was something really interesting that I don't think anyone was expecting. And then, yeah, you talk about the Peloton, like, that seemed totally to fall in line with everything that's going on across the board. Like, Trevor Bauer, too, teasing these teams on Twitter. You know what I mean? Yeah, Trevor Bauer's very, very similar. Yeah. I feel like that's what J.J. Watt was going for. Hmm. Yeah. I just saw a thing that said, you know, Trevor Bauer was – he said it was over, that he was that ready, he was ready to join the Mets. Yeah, that's crazy. That was another crazy situation. It's the game within the game for these people. I Which like is Aaron, the most interesting part of it. I find off-season so much more interesting than the sport itself. It's becoming, like, 
insane. I think we're going to get an NBA caliber offseason in the NFL yeah. this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, we don't – and the problem is, is the MLB, the way that it's just, like, structured, it should be like that every offseason, but now it's just not. The mm-hmm. hot stove is getting cooler and cooler every year. Mm-hmm. But the NFL, yeah, with how the, the economy is getting restructured and – It's heating up. The turnover. Yeah, I mean, J.J. Watt was cool because he was released, so he was able to pursue – or able to essentially pick his team in free agency. Free agency – the free agency period hasn't technically opened up yet. Mm-hmm. So – That'll be a whirlwind. And we still, I mean, to have quarterbacks that are potentially on the trade block that we do in Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson, I mean, we're talking yeah, monumental. Yeah, we haven't even talked about those two in forever. Because it's going to be a while. It's going to probably be closer to draft. I honestly thought Deshaun Watson was going to get traded before the Super Bowl. No, I the think way it the sounded d- for a while, I thought that was going to happen like very fast, and it just didn't. I think this Deshaun Watson thing is going to be dragged out a whole lot longer than we think. I think this could <laughs> literally drag through preseason of next year. I, you you could be right. You're right. And I think, I, I think you might be right there just because of what – it's going to be a Le'Veon te- Bell It's going to be in the Texans' court. Like they continue, they st- I still believe in the Texas organization that they are going to pull any string to keep him there. I just, I don't know. I'm 19 years old, and I feel like the decision is very simple. Get everything you can for this guy because there's a bunch of teams that would be willing to sell the farm for Deshaun Watson. He said on every possible platform that he can that he just doesn't want to be there anymore. And so I don't know from an organizational standpoint – why you're beating around the bush? Like, what do you, what are you waiting for? What are you holding on to at that point? Yeah, that's funny you say. Like, I'm 19, and I feel like I can see the logic here. I was reading. There's a writer for Sports Illustrated, Andrew Brandt. He worked in the Packers front office for a decade or so, and he just wrote an article earlier this week or last week that's like dumbing down the business of the NFL and salary cap, free agency, all of that. So, um, if you want to check that out, it'll help you understand. Do you? I mean, do you see any reason? What What do you think? Why do you think they're holding on? The Texans? Yes. Oh, because they are... It's, it's a, the last thing they have a, to yeah, hold on exactly. to. exactly. It's a dumpster fire. I mean, the hardest thing to do in the NFL is to have your franchise quarterback, and then when you have him under contract, like, that's... It's tough to give that away. Right. That's why the C- I don't believe anything with Russell Wilson going on right now. I think I might have. Now that I think about it, I might have said this on last week's show, but I think Russell Wilson is seeing exactly what Aaron Rodgers has done over the past five years and just complain ambiguous comment. I don't even classify it as complaining, but just making these comments that are open for interpretation and it puts pressure on the organization because the media just is able to pick up on these little things. And then it, it ends up working. I think, if anything, this is Russell Wilson just saying, go get me what I want. Well, so, I mean, hasn't he been, though? The, he's saying, like, this camp, that, that he gets hit too much and yeah. this and that. So, I mean, that's pretty cut and dry. I need protection. So, uh, my guess is that there must have been a conversation within the organization and and the his desire for protection on the offensive line wasn't echoed by the front office. So mm-hmm. then I believe that this is, if I can speculate, I'm guessing this is what the next step was. There's a very clear leak. What's fascinating to me about the way the Texans are running their organization right now is, like, you get rid of DeAndre Hopkins. You cut J.J. Watt. So, like, they're getting rid of all these pieces. It's like you can't have it both ways. Mm-hmm. You start completely stripping down and completely, like, trying to just rebuild – but you can't also do that by holding on to a core piece that, quite honestly, is the piece that you could get the most for to aid in that rebuilding process. Two, three, some people said four first-round draft picks. 
I mean, think about all the potential that's there. If you really, if you really want to go all in on something like a rebuild, you got to do it. That's just my opinion. The last couple of years, uh, I, I think about when the Cardinals were at number one and they t- end up taking Kyler Murray, but there was some drama going in, and apparently they were open for some trades. And then last year, Joe Burrow was pretty locked in at one. But after that, there was some talk about maybe teams moving up and back in the draft. I think this year could very possibly be the craziest draft we've ever seen. Because, like, everybody's pretty sold on the fact that Trevor Lawrence is going number one, but what's going on after that? Yeah, and and there's so many teams that are at the top of the draft that just very clearly are – it is the time for them to draft quarterback. Like a Miami Dolphins. <laughs> or a, nah, just, just messing with friend of the show, Ricky Weeps, big Tua guy. Yeah. But, I mean, Still I, don't know why. Like, but. in reality, I mean, I'll, I'll say, every time we joke about it, I'll come down to earth and say that that's definitely an option they should consider. When in you, in when, all seriousness, When you yeah. have yeah. four to five quarterbacks that are capable of being drafted in the top half of the first round, like, you got – you, that your draft spot is so much more valuable just because of that. Yeah. And then also, I mean, there's I think the talent is really good, and is particularly in the top three or top three or four with Lawrence Fields, Wilson, Wilson. and Lance. I, I got to be honest, I haven't watched too much of Trey Lance, but Mm-mm. all I hear is positive. You could still get a lot for two of two. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's a rookie. We we talked about this earlier. We think that you as a team, like a second round pick for two of. Mm-hmm. Maybe, and then, I don't know. The argument you make for Tua's lack of development and lack of success this year is the argument that you could make to trade him. You could say, well, he's still got a lot to go. So if you want to build yeah. up something with someone who already has seen some in-game experience, like and, at least you have something tangible to look at. And the whole NFL knows that, I mean, the Dolphins weren't working with much on offense. So it's mm-hmm. it's an appealing development project for someone uh but I, I think Miami feels the exact same but way. But here's so. the here's the thing with Miami. They Deshaun Watson is okayed to go to teams like Miami, New York, mm-hmm. like some bizarre teams, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, those are the teams that have wiggle room financially and right. are just missing a quarterback. Right. But no, I don't. But you think the Jets are just missing a quarterback? Well, they're building their offensive line. They have draft capital right. to get weapons in the draft. But to go and further, then they though, have even and then they have the money to go get Deshaun Watson. People were saying that same thing about the Texans five years ago. I mean, these are teams mm. that are fully capable. Well, the Texan, of s- Texans before this year were a playoff contender. Right. It's so interesting this, how fast the power dynamic shifts in the NFL. This Texans team, or the, this Jets team, this Dolphins team, are fully capable. They don't have a front office that's known for for being, you know, gun-and-go, yeah. gung-ho, great. The Jets spend a lot of money. Right. But what I'm saying is they have the full capacity to self-destruct at any moment. The thing with the two the Jets, hundred percent. The Jets have already self-destructed. They, That's what I'm saying. They, they self-destruct whole, every three years. They have a whole new coaching staff. They have the most cap room in the NFL, and they've got five or six first-round picks in the next two or three years. Yeah, which they're going to have to give all of up to get Trevor that, to get Deshaun the, Watson. The, it's called assets, dude. Assets and liabilities, business, baby. So that the, they gives them a futures advantage. So you're telling me you think the Jets will be legitimate playoff contenders in in three years? Well, no, yeah, because they, absolutely. Well, they have to give make the moves. They have to make the moves. Give first. them to 2025. I mean, we we're assuming that they're not going to have malpractice here when it comes to this. But if this is a this is a this is Fertile soil, that yeah. is that is the New York Jets, and there's there, there's only up 
They can only go up from here. Let's put it this way. They have every, they have all the tools. Now what are they going to do with them? Yeah, they have the tools in theory, not quite on in between the hash marks yet, but Well, no, I mean with the yeah. draft picks mm-hmm. and the and the, you know, the wiggle room and the cap. And, and you also like have a very valuable asset in Sam Darnold where that, you can yeah. see how I mean, he works is. under a new offense or you can get what he's probably worth right now which is his highest. Uh, there was or I think Ian Rappaport said that the Bears might may or may not have interest in him the other day. So I, I I'm not taking any more jet slander with Adam Gase gone and a whole and Rob Sal and like just a whole new yeah, team basically. That very motivated new head coach. Yeah well I mean we'll have to see but one, I, I'm the Jets are one of those teams where like I'll I'll treat them the same as the Bills until they do something, which the Bills <laughs> did this year and now we'll give them that credit. Until they do something, I'm not gonna, not gonna look at them and say, "Yeah, that's a team I'd want to play Pat's for." Pat's just gonna keep denying the truth until the Patriots are buried third or fourth <laughs> in the division. No, I mean, no, <laughs> Patriots. I got, I got an interesting question. Is, yeah. is I just don't really remember in recent history a situation like this where a team drafts a quarterback so high. I guess. Well, I guess Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen in the Cardinals. There we go. Yeah. Okay, there we go. That's a perfect example. Chosen Rosen. They the front office did not like what they saw with Josh Rosen, and a lot of people, you know, still were high on Josh Rosen's potential. And the thing is, I think you could get, you could do a little more with Tua than you did with Josh Rosen. But uh, yeah, they went out and got the quarterback that they wanted. Mm-hmm. Now the front office has said that like they're behind Tua, but the team has kind of not. So yeah. that's going to be interesting. And I wonder if they don't end up making a move here, and Tua doesn't pan out. Or is this draft pick going to be looked back on in a couple of years as one that they kind of just felt like they had to make because it made sense at the time? And I, I kind of feel like that's what ended up happening with Jared Goff. The Rams traded up for the number one overall pick because they needed a quarterback so very bad in a draft where the quarterback class was not super spectacular. And they took Jared Goff, who I, I've been an Oregon fan. I watched him play in the Pac-12, and he wasn't this crazy guy in college. I mean, he was the best... You could say the best prospect that year, but who was the year after? That was 16, so it wasn't 17 like Baker, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. And now people look back on that. They shipped him away with a couple first-round picks for a Mm -hmm. more established quarterback. Mm -hmm. And now it looks like they kind of got, I don't know, they kind of forced themselves into something that they weren't really high on to begin with. And I wonder if if they don't end up making a move, if the Dolphins and Tua are going to be looked at the same way. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The The Dolphins have to figure it out and figure it out quick because this is their time. This uh, is their time The to Dolphins, strike. though, yesterday just cut Kyle Van Noy after signing him to, like, a multi-year. Yeah, what's up with that? They cleared up, like, close to $10 million in cap space for them. Reunion time, baby. So the, I think the Dolphins are priming themselves to maybe make a splash in free agency, possibly one of those receivers out yeah, there. They, maybe they, they, they would Robinson, benefit insanely possibly. from a receiver like that. Yeah, so that would uh, – yeah, that that's what I think they're going to do. I mean, their, their defense is so cutthroat. Their secondary is probably the best in the league. Top to bottom, yeah. Yeah. Dude, my phone is going crazy today. Well, we get you got so many friends, dude. No, you know why? Why, Pat? Because because three guys one mic. I'm now a sugar baby. You're kidding me. What in the world? <laughs> no, so I got a message this morning. Woman named Becky Brown. <laughs> Supposedly she's 42 and she can't speak English really well, <laughs> uh, which makes me think she's probably some Pakistani man. But <laughs> she told me that she'd send me three thousand dollars cash out 
to be your sugar baby. That's huge. That fixes the car. Right, exactly. So I gave her my cash app, and now she's telling me that my bank wants me to send her $44 to Ooh. put the transaction through. Say, give me five first. Yeah, I don't know, Becky. I don't know if I trust you. Say, can you give me the 44 so I can cover that 44? Yeah, right? That's what I'm saying. Take a picture with four fingers under your chin so I know that it's you. Right. <laughs> Take no. a seat. Pat Fortuna? Yeah, Take right. a seat. Becky's sending me a bunch of, like, I'm like, Becky, show me it's you. And she just sent me, like, ten, like, one straight up sold, like, the watermark over it. <laughs> I thought I... <laughs> I thought I had found something with Becky, oh, man. No. Not to cut our sports conversation short. No, but that, that was a, that was a good way to put a wrap on it. When did this happen? This morning. This morning, I got added by Becky. She had a snap score of zero. Now she has a snap score of one. You want to see her, baby? I, I, come I guess. You want to see Becky? Tell her to call in. <laughs> All right, you ready? Becky, Here's would Becky. you like to call our radio show? There she is with her dog. See I Becky? Can't. That's oh, so fake. That looks like a <laughs> stock. She took that out of the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she's 42 lonely, and she asked me not to block her after she sent me the $3,000. I wouldn't mind being a sugar baby. I'd have no, conversations no with way. her. That's, that's, send the money. That's what I'm saying. Take her, have them take you to oregano's and then Ooh. get a back rub. That's what I'm saying. Bucks. That's what I'm saying. Becky, but, can you help me fix my roommate's car? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Becky, I crashed my roommate's car. No problem, baby, no problem. So, <laughs> on that note, we're going to step away for a quick sec. <laughs> let's see if I can make this work. I let's mean, keep see. talking. But don't go anywhere because it's three guys, one They're mic. They're screwing me with the computer. It's three guys, one, one mic. mic. Three, three guys. Uh, what's up with the computer today? Usually it's right on its game. No, so... There's a thing that's blocking, like, the skip button. Oh. Got it. There we go. See ya. this is Patrick. Is this Blaze Radio in the Bill Austin studio? No! This is Patrick! Uh, Patrick, Blaze Radio is the name of your local student station. Huh? Hey, you know that actor, Benadryl Cucumber? Who? Uh, Buttercup Cumbersnatch. You mean Blueberry Pumpkin Patch? No, I'm talking about Bradbury Kringle Catch. Oh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, what about him? Oh, I hear he listens to Blaze Radio. Be like Bendy Straw Crumpet Snack and keep listening to BlazeRadioOnline.com, broadcasted from the Bill Austin studio in Phoenix. We good, we good there? <laughs> I played it, but it was in like the but in the middle of it. It was on a rest. Uh, what was it? What? It was the soapbox music. Yeah. Because it's just that time. Yeah. It is just that time. Ladies and gentlemen, we're wrapping up our hour of the week. And then we'll let you get your weekend started the best way possible. But it's soapbox time. It's time for our message to the world. So, Pat. Get up on your soapbox, and what do you have to say to the world this week? My soapbox this soapbox this week goes out to Becky Brown. Becky, thank you for adding me this morning and considering me to be your sugar baby. Mommy, I'm so glad <laughs> that you offered to send me $3,000 in exchange for my time and company. Um, however, I don't have the $44 to send you. So... Mommy, if you could just send that payment my way, we'll get to talking. I won't block you. Maybe we can even, you know, become something more than just sugar baby and sugar mommy. But for now, 
Becky, I don't see it happening until you prove to me that I can trust you with your bad photoshopped cash app pictures and all of your beauty. Well said. Well said. All right. My soapbox speech goes out this week to the the Belmont Bruins. Oh. The 24-3 and three kings of the Ohio Valley Conference. Our happily endorsed team here on Three Guys, One Mike. We fully expect them to make a deep tournament run. They play tonight. They take on the SIU Edwardsville Cougars. And the Cougars just don't stand a chance. It's not even close. No, I don't think so, at least. Head coach Casey Alexander is going to take these boys to the moon this March. So catch <laughs> them on ESPN Plus at 6 o'clock. Uh, I mean, come on. For a team that plays in a, in a, an arena called the Curb Event Center, are you kidding me? Yeah, it's pretty sick. Are you sick. kidding me? These guys rock. Red, white, and blue. No better colors to have for your team. Uh, so I guess what I just want to say today is, you know, since day one, I've been with the Bruins. I've been rocking with the Bruins, and we're marching. Let's go Bruins. Y'all rocking with Belmont? So, fun fact, I forgot about Belmont. I have a former baseball teammate that is like a SoundCloud rapper who goes to Belmont. Let's go, Belmont. He's got bleached hair. I'll have him call in sometime or something. (laughs) Sure. Alrighty. My, uh, okay, my soapbox speech will go out to something that I may have mentioned before, and that is urban construction. Oh. Post-traumatic stress disorder is not a joke, <laughs> but I think that I might be on the way there. I Every morning, I wake up with what sounds like rapid machine gun fire going on right outside my window. It I still don't know where it is. I have located it. It is five floors down, right below my bedroom window, and... It's this four-hour cycle in the morning of (laughs) pause. (laughs) Like that rhythm for four hours straight. Like like a a machine gun snore. And it is just brutal. Right in the middle of two apartment complexes. So construction people, figure it out. I realize that you guys are doing great work, but like... That was supposed to end September 30th. The awareness level. What? Like, you are... You are the uh, unwanted alarm clock for, I would say, probably over 100 people. Well, you know how when we moved in, our building was under construction. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Every day, out our window, they were still finishing, like, our half of the building. (laughs) So every day, around 3... Because it was during the summer, so around 3 a.m., they'd start (laughs) to, like, beat the heat. So at 3 a.m. every day, I'd be woken up to the same exact thing. So I feel for you, Kevin. That's horrible. You know what's not horrible? Tuning in to Three Guys, One Mike. So if you did today, thank you so much. And if you didn't, be sure to catch us on Anchor. It's been a pleasure as always. Thank you very much to our guests for calling. So for Pat Fortuna, for Kevin Renford, I'm Joey Vaca. Enjoy March. Yo, G, they can't stop me from rapping, can they? Can they hop? I spit it through the wire, man. There's too much stuff on my heart right now, man. I gladly risk it all right now. It's a life or death situation, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all don't really understand how I feel right now, man. It's your boy Kanye Titter. Shot Town, what's going on?
Uh-huh, yeah, yeah I drink a boost for breakfast, an inch for dessert